Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. All right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, it is Robert Eggers' time again. You know, ever since uh, I kept seeing the trailer for The Northman in the theater and Alexander Skarsgård catches that spear midair and throws it back at the guy, I've just been like so excited to see and then talk about this movie and we are finally going to do that we've got pita beta from middle class film class here to talk about it and we got a lot of great puzzle pieces and uh, we're going to get to that conversation in a minute before we do i want to remind you all to make sure you're subscribed to piecing it together wherever you listen to podcasts rate and review us if you like what you hear here on the show and follow us on social media at piecing pod you could also uh, check us out over on Facebook, our Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces Facebook group, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And with that said, you know what? Let's just get right into it, because I am so excited to talk about this movie. All right, so it's finally time to talk about The Northman, and joining me is Pete Abeda. Pete, how's it going? Oh, I'm going gangbusters tonight. Thanks yeah. For having me, David. Yeah. Have you been doing burpees and uh, and chest presses and in, in preparation for this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been doing the Viking. I'm eating 3,700 calories a day Ooh. every two to three hours, but I'm Delicious. only working out one hour a day, according to the, <laughs> yes, the, that's the true. Guard regiment. Well, he he's right. You know, I, everything I've ever learned says that that's you know an hour of. Uh, light workout that's how i do it but um that's not how he does it but uh anyway we're not going to talk about his workout <laughs> regimen for the whole podcast we should uh we should talk about the movie itself yeah before we get to puzzle pieces though you requested to cover this one with me mm-hmm. uh were you a big fan of eggers other movies is that why you were excited about this movie pretty much yeah exactly that eggers i feel robert eggers and ari aster are two like new on the scene auteurs you know yeah i would say I would say directors, but they also wrote and did, I mean, were so involved in their movie production that them, them too are like, I feel like we're in this decade, we're seeing this emerging of two like really fantastic auteurs that are going to be, go down in history. Yeah. So The Witch I saw by chance on opening weekend in theater, yeah. blown away, loved it, walked out of a theater with everybody going, what the hell was that? Yeah, sure. no one liked it, but I'm like stunned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, the lighthouse is uh, we're the fanboys for the lighthouse over on uh, the podcast. Oh, it's, uh, all, it's the best. It's it's so good. Probably <laughs> it's seen it so ten good. times, maybe already. Yeah, 
Yeah, I would say as far as filmmakers are concerned, uh, you're absolutely right. Those two, and I would say probably Jordan Peele is the other one, and all three have new movies coming out this year. So it's it's kind of an exciting year for sure. Um, yeah, th- th- this movie I was super excited for. For the most part, I would say lived up to most of my expectations. I mean, I, I love this thing. Uh, I am so grateful that I got to see this in Dolby Cinema, which I did not expect. I have to assume it has to do with Fantastic Beasts flopping, that they were like, eh, maybe, maybe we'll throw that Viking movie on the Dolby screen and see what happens, because I don't think this was ever planned for that kind of rollout. Um, it's still basically a weird art house movie, even with the you know, really bloated budget. Yeah, what is it, 110 million or 90 million or something like that? 90 million, but they say that uh, adding marketing in, it's just insane, yeah. It could, yeah, it could be the most expensive uh, indie movie of all time. Yeah, it sure (laughs) sure seems like it. So, uh, you know, we'll start getting into some puzzle pieces. I do want to say, I I figured I'd just kind of start the conversation off just by saying this. I don't usually do this, but for some reason with this movie, and it's weird that I did this because I certainly didn't do it with The Lighthouse. I didn't go and watch like Bergman movies and stuff in preparation or anything like that. Uh Yeah, I I I didn't bother. I was just like, you know what? I'll go with the pieces that I know. For some reason with this movie, I set up this list of like Viking-esque movies to watch, and Mm -hmm. I got through two, and I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'll just go back to my (laughs) list. So anyone who wants to uh, yell at me, I I would love to hear your puzzle pieces uh have any anything that we don't end up covering here today but uh yeah i didn't do my homework that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> i don't I, mean, I don't think you have to i mean this this was a this was a flat out entertaining movie yeah and um i think that uh, eggers last two movies uh kind of they demand a lot from the audience and you're you can't just go off off the street and recommend the lighthouse to somebody no, you got it. I've, I've recommended it to anyone to listen, but I tell them, uh, you know, don't blame me if you're confused and angry yeah. at the end. Um, but that's the goal. The Northman was just very entertaining from start to finish. And it was, yeah. as, I think, as accessible as you can get for an Eggers movie with still right. having a lot of his hallmarks. Yeah, yeah, because it does still have a lot of his hallmarks. But at the same time, it's also and we'll get into this in the pieces, but it is a big action epic even if it's yeah. weirder than maybe some others that would come to mind uh it, it still is that and i have to imagine most people will at least get that out of it even if they uh are a little what the fuck about it so yeah, sure. <laughs> uh let's start getting to those pieces what do you have for your first puzzle piece okay my first puzzle piece is going to be the obvious one which is valhalla rising sure whining refin is that the one you watched that's the one I didn't watch. That was like okay. next on my list. Uh, I, I, had, I had like a list of like six. That was next on my list. Okay. It's, it, it demands a lot from the audience, just like uh, The Lighthouse does. Sure. Um, and it's, it's Mads Mikkelsen as mm-hmm. this uh, one-eye, this is the name of the character. And he plays just a, a absolute brute. So I know that Skarsgård did Tarzan, and he beefed up for that, and he was, he was full uh, beef boy, as Jason would like to say. <laughs> um, so maybe I'm maybe that's me, but I don't think of Skarsgård as this hulking Goliath, and I also don't think of Mads Mikkelsen as this like masterful um, weapons expert, you know, Viking Viking god. But in in Valhalla Rising, that was him. So both in the transformation of the two main leads into a character that I really didn't expect from them, um, and also just in the overall tone, there was a really long boat trip in Valhalla Rising, which is kind of kind of cerebral and lasts way too long. Um, mm. 
but it's um it's essentially their trip across the ocean and then there's the, there's a, a bit in the northman that shows them rowing into seemingly nowhere going from i think russia back to iceland and you're like wow they're just really gonna row this whole distance <laughs> full of, a boat full of slaves and there's just a lot of feelings of valhalla rising and also just the fact that it's purely purely surrounded in 100 percent norse mythology yeah yeah and and like i said i haven't seen it but like nicholas winding refn is like another like contemporary of some of those filmmakers we yeah. were talking about before we started to get into the pieces here. And so you, you would imagine that they're, you know, they're all fans of each other's. And so I, I could completely see that being an inspiration here and certainly something that would have been uh, on Egger's mind. And also another like incredibly visual filmmaker. I mean, I, the two of these filmmakers, all their movies are just incredible to look at and just they really have very specific eyes for what they want to see and want to put on screen. Their movies are always, if nothing else, really exciting to watch because of that. And th this movie is certainly no exception. The Northmen, I mean, you know, we jump around, we get into spoilers on the show and everything, but by the end, we're, we're getting a, a naked battle in the middle of a freaking <laughs> volcano. I mean, it, it's, it's insane what this thing looks like. It's amazing. And like I said, seeing it on Dolby was just a, a beautiful sight to be seen. I'm really, yeah, I'm really jealous about that, uh, <laughs> that you got to see it in Dolby. But, oh, uh, wonderful. It, if you've seen any other Winding Ref and stuff, Drive and uh, Only God Forgives, the brutality is very brutal. Yeah. And Eggers is the same way. So there's some, there's some uh, kill scenes or the uh, aftermath of some kill scenes in The Northmen that were like, whoa, mm. that was fun. The, the nose bit was, whew, oh, that lovely. was fun. <laughs> lovely. I loved yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> right, what, what, do you, what do you got? So yeah, I'll go to my first piece, and this is one of the ones that I, uh, I did get to on my homework list, and that is a movie, I don't know how I never saw this movie before, but uh, it is 1982's Conan the Barbarian, mm, starring nice. Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, and it is probably the closest thing we're going to get to the story here with the Northmen. I mean, it's practically beat for beat, the same path that this hero takes from you know losing his kingdom to growing up, becoming this big brute monster, and then... Uh, taking back what's his and uh Schwarzenegger rules and it, it is so much fun to watch and it is great and yeah I don't know how I never saw it before uh, it. oh it's it's so great it's really yeah. really fun and uh yeah Schwarzenegger is great and it, one of his earlier roles of course but um yeah it's also visually really awesome like a, a lot of really cool stuff going on that you you kind of don't see every day like a lot of movies from that era from the early 80s like it's like we've moved on to more realistic cgi but yeah. some of that stuff back then was just so much like cooler and more interesting and unique and especially with like a fantasy type story like this like that really lends itself to it but yeah re really cool movie great um uh, my next piece is a movie that came out last year that i was also super enthusiastic about very high anticipation from another filmmaker that just makes me so excited to see his future works is David Lowry's The Green Knight. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's almost like The Green Knight's not historically accurate, but it feels like it could be. Mm -hmm. it's, set, it's set in a world that feels real until it doesn't, until there's mystical elements within it. And uh, The Northman did a good job with that, playing on um, Nordic traditions of witchcraft and Valhall and, you know, the things that you have to do in order to survive in the afterlife or ascend to the, the next level in the afterlife. And there's a lot of the um, <clears throat> spirit animal talk and the crows saving him and 
um, you know, connecting with the wolves or the the, the canines mm-hmm. that was like, ooh, that's, um, there's got to be a little bit of mystical aspect to it. It can't all be just an acid trip <laughs> sure. <laughs> or a, mush- a mushroom trip. A lot of it is, but maybe yeah. not all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I really enjoyed the, the Green Knight. Not everybody, it didn't land for everybody. The first time I watched it, I was a little disappointed. I rented it at home, watched it with my girlfriend um, in the comfort of my own home and just fell in love with it. The, mm. That and the ghost story are, are movies that are always going to stick with me. So it was really cool to see that. And the t- I felt like the tone minus the Green Knight didn't have the action epic sprawl. But yeah. There was also some really cool camera movements in the Green Knight. The 360 pan shot of the decaying corpse. And um, in this, there was a few shots that were like playing with, well, wasn't he on that side of the frame a second ago? Now he's over here. Mm. And is that, was that a dream or was it, you know, in the tomb with the sword from taking the storm from the uh, uh, fallen soldier? Yeah. So there was a little bit of um, kind of the camera play and just an overall feel of the world that they built. Yeah, I would say the score as well, which just uh, fantastic scores in both cinematography. I mean, yeah, I I think there's a a lot of parallels to The Green Knight. Also, both basically being uh, based on, you know, classic myths from from old literature, which... uh, you know, are themselves the basis for so many movies that came after, but you know, that those movies, some of them might come up in the, in the conversation. Some of them maybe we'll uh, get to one of these days, but, uh, yeah. but those classic stories all kind of, uh, come into play. I'll go to another piece here, which I think is another obvious one, but uh, I'm going with Ridley Scott's gladiator, mm. the Roman epic with Russell Crowe as a, uh, general, who the emperor has chosen to succeed him when he dies, um, but the emperor's son, who is evil, um, ends up casting him out to become a slave and a gladiator, and uh, he has to work his way back and take back what's his. Similar but different, um, but also, I think, in a lot of ways, uh, you know, it's basically the same the same story, the same story of taking back what's yours after it's been, everything has been taken from you. Uh, huge sword and sandals, epic type movies. Um, also, you know, I feel like this movie, the Northman part, you know, we are talking about it being like an indie movie and coming out in theaters and all these things. I mean, it, it's basically in order to sell it, you have to invoke gladiator like you have to say it's the next gladiator in order to sell it so it's right there in the marketing you know you know you're right and i didn't i never thought about the parallels of the story as well in marcus is it maximus odysseus or something like maximus yeah maximus he come he's has the throne pulled out from under him he comes back he's unknown within the ranks of this new leadership and then at some point about halfway through the movie he's discovered and he's still a thorn in the side of the of the of the emperor yeah, which happens in the Northmen as well. Hmm, that's interesting. That's a good piece. Yeah, and I mean, it, things do uh, split off depending on how you read the Northmen, because of course it, we'll probably get into more of this as we're going to the conversation. But I mean, you know, his whole plot for revenge, um, as it turns out, maybe isn't uh, as good of a plan as he thought it was, because yeah. maybe his father wasn't the person he thought he was, and so th- there, there's a lot of ways that the two uh veer off from one another but uh certainly the initial setup is there yeah so. absolutely that's a great piece what do you got for your next one uh my next one is um a movie that i watched as like one of the first movies i remember really liking that probably was a little too old and adult for me was braveheart mm. um yeah. and it's it showed a, a a glimpse into like this irish scottish 
British culture that was not Knights of the Round Table, was not particularly fantastical, but the way that people talked and the way they lived and their the way they dressed and their you know different clans from different parts of the islands and whatnot was really interesting to me. And I thought I took a lot a lot of that when I was a kid and was really I liked this the the world that it built <clears throat> and and relying on this uh, kind of native storytelling even if that that really wasn't like a, a true story or it wasn't a I don't know if that was based on anything specifically real but. Yeah. I watched it a ton as a kid, watched it again as an adult a couple of times, still holds up, very entertaining. And there's also a revenge for a fallen love plot. This, in this case, it was his father, but in Braveheart, it was his uh, newlywed. So a little bit of an overlap in the plot, coming back to wreak havoc on the people that wronged him. Um, but I really, I really liked the, the world building and living in a culture that I'm just not familiar with or presented often to an American audience. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And uh, Mel Gibson, uh, as a director, uh, you know, just absolutely brutal in the stuff that he likes to put on screen. And, uh, I still remember, you know, after Apocalypto, it had been rumored forever that his next project was supposed to be a Viking epic. Um, and really? it was, yeah, it was supposed to basically be like everything that this movie turned out to be is mm-hmm. what I remember them describing his movie as. And I think Leonardo DiCaprio was attached to it at one point um, as a oh, potential star. Yeah. I mean, that, that was like one of the big canceled movies. I mean, that was like right at the time that everything went bad for Mel Gibson, you know? Sure. I was going to say that was yeah. right when he got pulled over and then, yes. it, then it went to shit. <laughs> yeah. So no, no more Viking movie for you, but uh, I was back and forth between uh, uh, Braveheart and Apocalypto on this yeah. piece. And I guess it could be a, a dual thing because that's a, another one. You're, right in the middle of this culture immersed with heavy detail yeah and you're living in their life and i it's a it's a culture that i've never been exposed to fully on film yeah apocalypto also uh on my list as well so definitely yeah throw it throw it in there with braveheart for sure yeah so uh i will go to another piece here and I'm, i'm gonna take a little uh left turn here and do something that's not a movie and instead, one of, one of my friends uh, sent me a letterbox review that's supposed to be uh, trashing this movie. It's, it's a negative, okay? But yeah. I'm, I'm going to take this as a positive here. They called it a <laughs> video game-ass movie. Um, and so, All right. I, yeah, I, sh- I, I, choose to, uh, I choose to wear that as a badge of honor in this case. Um, sure. I, I think that this movie takes the best of video games. I, I yeah. think it, it feels a lot like God of War, like the Dark Souls games, Legend of Zelda. It's got mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff going on in it. And, you know, frankly, I mean, there's been a lot. I mean, we're kind of in a golden age of video game movies right now. There's been a lot that have been a lot better than what you would normally, uh, you know, associate with the term video game movie, but, uh, especially, you know, things like his little side quest to get a sword from the boss battle underneath that that's a video game moment. If ever there was one, Uh, I mentioned that, uh, the fight in the volcano that felt like, uh, like a quick time event moment in, in one of these kind of games. The one thing that I guess I would maybe say is a negative here. Um, if I'm going to nitpick anything, like I said, in my letterbox review, I don't really want to nitpick this movie because when do we get $90 million Viking epics? You know, I I don't want to nitpick it, but if I'm going to nitpick anything, it, it has to do with this puzzle piece here and that's that the plot is very a to b b to c c to d with very little uh issue getting 
to each one of those next spots. It's like, it's a little convenient. oh, it's everything is so convenient. It's like, oh, I need to sneak up on that guy. I snuck up on that guy. I need to get a sword. I got the sword. I need to burn down this house. I burned down the house. Like everything just kind of goes one step to the next. Yeah. But man, is it awesome to watch when that's happening? <laughs> yeah, the only uh, the only really stumble that you I can recall just off the top of my head would be the fact that he can't unsheath that sword. Yeah. Now that the sunrise, and he really wanted to go on his blood spree, but then ultimately realized, well, I'm not supposed to fight him there. My prophecy says it's going to be at a lake of fire. Yeah, so, he's got rules to follow. I, I was thinking when he climbed into the boat near the beginning, mm-hmm. someone's got to notice that. Yeah, it was it was a very that was very convenient, and then also that they chained uh, him and uh, Olga. Olga of the Birch Forest yeah, were both changed on that chain game right side by side so they could spill their story together. Full name, by the way. Good job on that. Yeah. I, I just wrote down <laughs> Olga. So. I, look, I looked, up a lot, looked up her a lot because she was probably my biggest grievance in the whole movie. Mm. The, the, the accent, I couldn't get a, uh, a, um, a Russian accent out and everyone else has some nondescript, which they're not Swedish accents, they're not Icelandic accents, but they're not a Russian accent. Yeah. Then I realized that at some point someone calls her a Slav and maybe she actually is Russian. Mm. So that's okay. shame on me. <laughs> I, yeah. Did Russian sound like that in uh, 700 AD? I don't even know. Like, sure. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Throw on, a, throw on a British accent if you're speaking English and it's a foreign movie. <laughs> Set in I, France, British accent. I will say, like, I, I love her and she's great in this, but uh, her character is like the other kind of main thing that I maybe would have a little issue with yeah. in that I, I really thought that the end was going to go somewhere different with her, like somewhere darker, maybe uh, where she had some kind of insidious plot um, because mm-hmm. she is somebody who she says that she breaks men's minds and, mm-hmm. and all that. And I thought it was going to go somewhere with that, but really not really. She's a love interest kind of by the end. Yeah. She's, she's the uh, trophy wife. She really plays very little plot. She's yeah. She brings the next line of uh the female queen or the yeah. female king, I should say they use that line. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I did like that, uh, that, uh, ancestral tree. That visual was very cool. Yeah, that, that was, that was really cool. And by the way, you know, back to your green knight, uh, I'll get a lot of shit for this, but a 24 vibes all over the place here. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this one, this one wasn't produced by a 24, the last right. two Eggers movies I think were. Yeah. Both sure. of them were. Yeah. But this one wasn't. And that was another thing that I felt, there was a little more hand-holding for the audience at the beginning. Um, a little more plot, kind of rushed through the whole setup and a little bit of kind of, I don't know, I felt like the, it probably could have been expanded. And I'm not a, I don't care if a movie's three hours. I'll watch a four-hour movie if it's good. Yeah. But it, it just gives you more opportunity to find problems with the movie when it's three mm-hmm. hours long or whatever. I yeah. could have used another 20 minutes of it, you know? I think so, too. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Like, this is, I think, the third movie in the row. Uh, it was this. It was the um, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent and mm-hmm. Duel, the the new Riley Stearns movie, which we didn't cover here on the show. But mm-hmm. uh, all three of them, I was like, lately I've been complaining about movie lengths. I would have liked all three of these to be longer. And so <laughs> it just goes to show you, you know, nobody for knows your buck. what they want. Yeah. yeah I don't care. Give me two <laughs> movies in one. I'm cool with that. Seriously. <laughs> What do you got for um, your next piece? Okay, so my next one's a little a little funky. Might be a stretch. This is um, I Saw the Devil. Um, it's the third in the Revenge trilogy um, that started out with Old Boy, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's how the, the, the lineage goes. But the plot of that, it's, it's 
the police chief's daughter is killed at the beginning of the movie from a serial killer. And her fiance is a detective on the force. And her fiance takes it upon himself to find the killer and then vanquish him. But before he does that, he spends probably 45 minutes of the movie just playing cat and mouse with him. He'll mm. like break into the guy's store, beat him up with a mask on, and then leave. And nice. the guy's hobbled, bloody, wrist broken, whatever. And then the next day, he'll go back to his house again, break into his house and just you know mess around with him, beat him up, rough him up, and then leave again. And this guy's being tormented. And that's pretty much how Amleth was uh, treating his uh, Fjolnir. Yeah, uh, throughout throughout the whole thing, he's like, "Well, before I kill him, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make his life hell." And he yeah. rips, kills his oldest son, and kills, does rips of his uh, friends apart, all this stuff. It's it, I love that whole. I was waiting for just a a quiet, low wait, in, waiting in the wings for its time to strike, but it was like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the. Do you watch Avatar: The Last Airbender, the cartoon series? I don't. No, you ever seen it? Uh, no, I saw half of the M. Night Shyamalan movies. So. I'm a, oh, no, 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 not the M. Night Shyamalan, the, just the cartoon series. Yeah. The M. Night Shyamalan movie, I, I'm, I'm easier on it than most, but it is terrible. Yeah. The show is a, a, a national treasure, and mm. it's, um, and there's a character in there, I can't remember the name of it, but he's, he's basically just a, a character that goes in and just screws with things, and he's, he's, it reminded me kind of that, you're just going into this town roughing things up for the for the brass and then getting out of there which is yeah. uh I, I could appreciate that well that's great i i, I haven't seen i saw the devil um I, i've heard great things about it but uh fun. At, for, for that particular puzzle piece and for those particular moments of him just basically terrorizing uh the what, what, how do you say is it fjord fjordner fjordner Fjolner for terrorizing the Fjolner and his family and all that. I had a like a few things I was just kind of combining. So I guess we could combine them with I saw uh -huh. the devil there. Uh poltergeist. Um I had Poltergeist. Yeah, Beetlejuice, just all the all these things just coming oh, in and funny. just like creeping out everybody in the village. Uh how about just the plagues in the Bible? Basically, with with, with <laughs> you know, just all those kinds of stories where where somebody is coming in and just totally freaking everybody out with, with very sure. like creepy, weird, scary, spooky things going on, you know? That's interesting. I never, <laughs> the Bible. Yeah. I mean, I bet you could probably make the Bible a puzzle piece on every movie. Oh, I'm sure at some point. By the way, I, I, I love his line about, uh, you know, how he's just so like weirded out by the idea of Christianity, like, you know, oh. that, yeah, they <laughs> Oh, they nail the man to a tree. Yeah, they, a, a they, dead they, man to a tree. Their god is a corpse nailed to a tree. Yeah. That, <laughs> I yes. mean, if you don't understand it, I mean, you live on an island in 7 700 AD. I mean, you it probably just sounds completely insane to these people, you know? It it is, and I'm pretty sure that uh, the release date was like right on right near Easter. <laughs> yeah, sure. If not yeah. on Easter, I was there like, "Oh wow, it's, it's Zombie Jesus Day too." Cool. That's how you market this movie for sure. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's move on to some more. What do you got for your next one? Um, let's see. I'm going to go back to Nicholas Winding Refn, and this is um, "Only God Forgives," mm -hmm. um, and this is the stoic anti-hero. He's not really, I mean, um, Amleth is not really an anti-hero, but you're definitely, he's done some shit. He's, he's terrorized some in his militia days. Mm -hmm. So he's not a blameless pure lamb. And Ryan Gosling's character in Only God Forgives also is far from blameless. Um, there's some brutal kills, just like a winding ref is apt to do. But furthermore, there is a very 
let's just say, unusual relationship between Ryan Gosling's character and his mother in Only God Forgives. Mm. And there is an uh, attempt of that in, in The Northman, which was a uh, squirm-inducing for most of the audience. I would say so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, <laughs> you just hear a collective in the, in the theater. And it's like, I'm pr probably not that far off from the truth in a lot of um, royal um, oligarchs, I guess, from, yeah. from historically in the 10th century. Yeah. So um, I didn't love Only God Forgives. That was one that I was super excited about, and it let me down a lot. Yeah. Because um, it was Muay Thai fighting Ryan Gosling, directed by the guy that gave us Drive. Oh, baby. Yeah, I, I think was, I think uh, expectations were through the roof on that movie. And it was just impossible. Well, know? I mean, a little less karaoke, a little more killing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I could <laughs> use that. That would be fair. That would be fair <laughs> for sure. I will go to Zack Snyder's 300 for my next one. Yeah, that's on my list. Yeah, I mean, heavily stylized, sorted sandal epic, you know, big hulking monster people. Uh, like you said, Alexander Skarsgård, um, you know, not exactly, he's not like Schwarzenegger huge, but he is big and he basically makes himself into an animal in this role. I mean, he's just yeah. screaming and just roaring and he's just, he's just tearing his way through this movie. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you get, you get a lot of that, uh, Leonidas vibes coming into this. And also, you know, I already brought up video games, but, um, you know, heavily video game influenced that movie I always felt. And so you, you get a lot more of that in here as well. Yeah. I had, uh, I had 300. This felt like a, a more realistic 300. Yeah. Where, Less airbrushing, more just natural beefcakes, slapping yeah. skin, dancing around the fire, have damn near naked. Yep. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, that's, I could not not think of 300. And I did also have Dark Souls, which is the, you know, the most recent yeah. gothic night video game series, which game is game that I will never play because I'm just not good at games anymore. So <laughs> what do you, what do you play? Speaking of which. Uh, I mostly play Mario games nowadays. Like I, I don't, oh, yeah. I just, I can't get into 3D games. That's my thing. I'm a 2D guy. So that's yeah. good. I'm, I'm halfway. Well, I'm like 70, 85 percent of the way through The Last of Us Part Two. Mm. And let me tell you, that is the best, one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah, right. Is, is that game? <laughs> that's how I felt about the opening of The Last of Us, the first one. Um, oh, yeah. I was like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Uh, as soon as you get to that subway shootout or whatever it is, the second mm. scene, I literally died like seventeen times in a row and then never played again. I was like, <laughs> really? I can, you never I, yeah, it? I, I can't play these games. Like they're just too oh, much. Oh gosh. Yeah. My girlfriend is a is a is a Last of Us a stan, and. Uh, <laughs> She she will every night when and we're done watching a movie, watch a movie almost every night at home. She'll ask me, "Do you want to put on something else, or should I watch you play The Last of Us?" <laughs> there you and go. We'll turn all the lights off and we'll turn the volume all the way up and scare the hell out of each other. You got yourself <laughs> a keeper the right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got a, I got a couple more left. Um, all right. I'll go with a, a really obvious one, which is uh, The Lion King, yes. aka Macbeth, mm -hmm. and the Macbeth story, the Shakespearean story, which everyone knows is Lion King, which sure. is the Northman. Yeah. Which came first? The Northman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> historically. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Not by release date. Yeah. Um, but I don't know the actual name of the text or what the story is or what the characters' true names are, but Amleth in this movie is an anagram for Macbeth. Mm -hmm. You rearrange the letters, it's Macbeth. And um, I'm sorry, we're missing a B in there, but it's got everything else. <laughs> yeah. It, it's Ambleth. To, yeah, they, they know you're going to put it together. So, yeah. And I kept thinking, oh, did they say Hamlet? No, it's Amleth. 
Um, but um, the story is basically the same thing. Yeah. Uh, wicked uncle kills or kills the kid's father. He's the next in line for the throne. Kid goes back, levels up, comes back home, and now uncle is with mom. Not sure if there's any you know ill will there or if it's a willing thing. And then he has to take his rightful place through whatever means necessary. I think the devils and the details for each different specific uh, property. Disney's going to make it a certain way that makes you feel good and wants you to take your 10-year-old to go see it or 5-year-old to go see it. And the Northman is not going to give you maybe a, a very satisfying ending. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But uh, you, you can't not think about it when you're watching it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, by the way, shout out to Math Teacher Movies who suggested that puzzle piece over on Instagram. So. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so definitely on my list as well. And uh, who doesn't love The Lion King? I mean, come on. Hell that's, yeah. That's the best. Um, so yeah, I mean, I that was on my list as well. My last piece then, um, and this is maybe kind of a silly one, but um, the scene where the group of slaves is all playing that ancient game where mm-hmm. they all have to kind of like hit a ball around and then attack each other while they're playing. I was trying to think of other, you know, made up sporting events. And I thought of Harry Potter and Quidditch. Nice. There you go. Uh, I, I, less violent, but you know, similar. I actually, (laughs) I have two puzzle pieces just for that scene. All right. Let's get to them then. It's, um, the Monty Python, the meaning of life, the rugby game between the teachers and the students. Okay. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Because they're literally getting the crap big, beat out of them by these adults and nice this poor group of slaves get led into fight basically play a game but actually fight literally the largest human being on the planet the mountain from the game of thrones <laughs> um which is just unfair and then also um oh what's the other one uh rambo three when he goes to afghanistan and the locals are trying to teach him how to play some game about throwing a goat off of a horse and he's just playing along like, I'm not sure what the point of this game is, but okay. I haven't and, seen Rambo 3 since I was a kid. I need to rewatch it. That sounds amazing. Uh, let me tell you, you don't. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Skip that one on my rewatch. Yeah, I, I watched it for the first time this this year, and uh, I watched the whole Rambo series for binge movies. Yeah. And uh, oh my gosh, what's what's the last Rambo? It's Rambo is literally like a, a serial killer in that yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> It is, oh my gosh, that series went, went off the cliff. But That's uh, ridiculous. But yeah, those two, um, as far as the movie goes itself, I got a very strong Gangs of New York vibe as a, mm. a puzzle piece. And that's a very similar storyline, plus also the vibe of the movie. Uh, sure, yeah, I guess I could see that. I hadn't thought of that one. That's good. Leonardo DiCaprio as Amsterdam is, uh, has his family killed by Bill the Butcher and, and their gang, and then later on ends up becoming kind of his right-hand man, which is what Amleth does. He's the... The strongest slave, yeah, saves saves his son in that weird uh, field hockey match, and then gets kind of promoted to lead slave. Mm. So there's that, and then uh, a little bit of Kill Bill with just the straight up revenge, start to finish revenge flick. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, one thing that I was thinking about is, uh, the, you know, not really a puzzle piece, but another movie from this year, uh, The Batman, a little movie mm-hmm. called The Batman. You know. It seems to be like maybe it's in the conscious right now about revenge and uh, vengeance and it maybe not being such a good thing. You know, that seems yeah. to be a theme here with a lot of these movies. It's a double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It sure is. So, uh, cool. Well, then I'm going to read down our list of the finished puzzle and we'll get into some closing thoughts. Uh, we talked about Valhalla Rising, Conan the Barbarian, The Green Knight, 
Gladiator, Braveheart, we threw Apocalypto in there as well, a bunch of video games, I Saw the Devil, uh, we threw Beetlejuice, Poltergeist, and the Bible itself in there, <laughs> uh, Only God Forgives, The Lion King, Slash Macbeth, uh, Harry Potter, The Meaning of Life, Rambo 3, and Gangs of New York. Yeah, a lot of stuff. What going a list! On here. What a yeah, list! Absolutely, a lot of violence, a lot of uh, you know, a lot of revenge, a lot of misplaced hatred and anger. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is is there any uh, closing thoughts you have here? Anything we didn't quite get to? Um, I think that as far as the Northman goes, my overall experience of it was it, it let me down a tiny bit. I don't think I'm as high on it as you are. Mm -hmm. Um, but. It's I, I still thoroughly enjoyed myself. I I felt like this was this was Robert Eggers with a studio executive on his shoulder. Yeah, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just you get a different outcome, a, a different a flavor to the product. Yeah, and having seen all three of his releases opening weekend in theaters, I've enjoyed myself thoroughly three times and had three very very different experiences walking out of the theater. So all. Follow him to the ends of the earth. I'll watch anything he makes. So I don't care how weird it is. Yeah, absolutely. And and I agree. Like, it, it's definitely a uh, a different thing at this kind of level. And it, I mean, it has to be when you've got this much money uh, being mm -hmm. spent on it. But um, as far as like closing thoughts, the, the only other thing I would mention is uh, we didn't really mention by name anybody um but mm -hmm. some of these supporting performances are just so good i mean willem dafoe is always so much fun uh yes. nicole kidman fantastic in this uh clay's bang fantastic ethan hawk is great in this yeah um yeah it's just some really incredible performances some people doing things you wouldn't really expect from them like ethan hawk but some people doing things we knew they had in them like i think mm -hmm. nicole kidman i would say um she's had some crazy performances over the years and so yeah. um you know, it makes sense to see her in a role like that, but she is just awesome. Oh, Ralph Ennison too. Ralph Ennison shows up finally. Yeah. I was waiting for him the whole time. I was like, is he going to be in this? And he better. He yeah. <laughs> you know, the one, the one person that should have been in it that wasn't was Peter Stormare. Mm. I felt like he would have fit right in somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It would, it would have been great. <laughs> he could have been another witch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I'll just also mention, uh, I did hear a, an interview with, uh, with Eggers and he brought up, uh, the Vikings, the, the movie. Um, mm. so that I probably will make some time for that one It's from 1958, the Richard Fleischer movie. Um, I actually have the DVD of it and I've just never seen it before. So, uh, nice. I'm going to watch that one, but, uh, yeah, he said that, uh, the scene when the king returns home and everybody's all excited uh, would have eventually gotten into, if they spent more time there, into more filthy, disgusting Viking stuff happening, like in the movie The Vikings. Sure. So, which sure. that tracks with a Robert Eggers movie, I think. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I think that does it for The Northmen. Uh, Pete, cool. is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Hmm, another movie, a recent movie. I mean, I watch, I watch a movie at least every night, at least one a night. Um, last, movie, last year, my, my goal was to watch 500 movies. I hit 525. Damn, insane. And, yeah, and it was, there were times when it was, I was not, um, I was not excited to come home and watch a movie or three. <laughs> but uh, I, will ha I have an, an anti-pick. Okay. Um, Bonfire of the Vanities. Oh. 1990. All right. I remember it by name, but I've never actually seen it, I don't think. It's a De Palma movie. Mm -hmm. It stars Tom Hanks, a little bit of uh, Bruce Willis in there, and um, gosh, I can't remember who else is in it, um, but 
oh boy was that rough that mm. was a that was a really tough one um i watched that and and then just everything everywhere all at once if you haven't already been beat over the head with the message that it's it's worth watching i don't know if it's still in theaters i hope it is um that was my i really regret not seeing that a second time in theaters um and the they just got word from today that the DVD or Blu-ray and 4K release will come out on June 14th, which is my birthday, Ooh. and it was a birthday gift from the Daniels to me. So nice, nice, Can't absolutely. Wait. That great, great recommendation, <laughs> and uh, that is awesome that you're getting a birthday gift from Daniels. I'm very excited for you there. So. I'm going to be checking the mailbox from their PO box to me. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I tagged them on Twitter and said thank you for the birthday gift. Um, <laughs> give me please. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pete, why don't you tell people where they can find you and your podcast? Oh, thank you. Uh, so our podcast is called Middle Class Film Class. It's uh, We release twice a week, Mondays and Wednesdays. Mondays are a, uh, we call it Gavin Chatter. It's just new, weekly news, movie news of the week, fun projects that are upcoming, discussion topics. Um, we get listeners involved with a lot of those if you have something to talk about or want to jump on the show. Um, we, we're really, really heavy on the listener interaction. And then every, every Monday during that show, we do uh, streaming picks, streaming recommendations. Um, and then on Wednesdays, we do one deep dive review that's chosen by random by uh, the Wheel of Destiny. And we also have fan picks on that, too. So if you want a movie for us to review, um, you can write in. We'll put it on the list. And we record the whole thing live to tape as if it's a, a, like a morning show, like a radio show. Mm-hmm. We, we stream it once a month on Twitch every fourth Saturday through a local comedy theater. And um, so, I mean, we literally do everything live. All the music goes in live. All the sound effects are put in right on the spot. Um, it's a really fun time. So uh, give us a shot. Awesome. Well, Pete, thanks as always for being here. And hopefully we'll get you back again sometime. Absolutely. Had a fun time. Thanks, David. Hey, guys, this is David. And I wanted to tell you about Newsly. It's an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. And what it does is really cool because, I don't know, if you're like me, I don't have a lot of time for just sitting around and reading stuff. I'm always either driving or doing something. And just to, like, sit down and read, it's like, you know, who has time for that? And so with Newsly, you could basically turn any web article into kind of like a podcast. And it reads the article in a natural human voice from basically anything on the internet, anything on the web. And this way, you know, you don't have to sit there reading and scrolling. You can listen to it just like you would a podcast. And it's got podcasts too. Piecing It Together is on there. Uh, But then you could also find articles from all kinds of topics from, you know, entertainment and movies to sports and tech and business, science, all that kind of stuff. So really, if it's out there on the web, you can find it and you can listen to it. And uh, I've been using it as my default podcast app and you can too. And you can download Newsly right now for free from newsly.me. Check out the link in the show notes. It's available, like I said, on uh, Android and iOS in the uh, App Store and the Play Store. And there is a premium version available. And my listeners can get a one-month free premium subscription by using the promo code Piecing It. But all of the I's are ones. So that's P1EC1NG1T. Piecing it, but all of the I's are ones. And uh, I've got that in the show notes too. If you're uh, like me out driving around listening to stuff uh, and you can't pull over right now, you can check it in the show notes and find that promo code and get that free one month premium subscription to Newsly. 
All right. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation about the Northmen. Thanks to Pete Abeta for joining me on that one. And if you enjoy what we do here on Piecing It Together, piecing together movies with all these puzzle pieces, uh, maybe uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever it is you listen to podcasts. That way you'll hear all the new episodes as they come. And you could also rate and review us either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Good Pods or Podchaser, wherever there's a five-star button. We'd appreciate it if you hit that five-star button and maybe leave us a little review while you're at it. You can also follow us on social media. I'm most active on Twitter at PiecingPod, but I've also been... uh, Posting a little more on Instagram as well, so check us out at PiecingPod on Instagram too while you're at it. And uh, you can check out our Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces Facebook group. Don't forget we also have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post advanced and bonus content from Piecing It Together, as well as bonus content from Awesome Movie Year, which is another movie podcast I produce, and from my music career. I'm currently working on a new score for a new film, uh, so I'll be posting some sneak peeks on the patreon soon as well as some other cool stuff that i've got planned so uh lots of cool stuff over there produced by david rosen it's patreon.com slash by david rosen if you really like the show maybe uh subscribe that's nice and speaking of my music let's close this out with a piece of my music and there was a particular kind of epic type you know uh, warrior type track that I was looking for to close this one out with. And while I was uh, searching through my hard drive, I found this piece called Untitled VR Action Track from 2015 that I don't even remember making, but I uh, loaded it up and I was like, oh, okay, let's play this one instead. So uh, I don't even know, I don't remember what I made this for. VR must have been for some kind of virtual reality type thing. I I don't even know. I have no idea why or when I made this exactly, but uh, it seems like a good fit. So let's throw this one on here. This will probably be the only time I ever play or the only time anyone ever hears it. So hope you enjoy it, and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon. West Production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.